with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Coast and Oster Studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our upcoming look at the Week 11 games across the NFL, and in this episode, we're going to cover the regular weekly picks, Andy's total tease, and uh, we're going to get you your news of the week. But first, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. How was uh, your bye week, pal? Um... Uh, the bye week was all right. The last few days, I've uh, been a little under the weather. Spent most of it in bed, um, doing every cold medication concoction that you can think of. But, you, uh, you sound much better today. Do I? Okay, thank you. You do. You I, sound I well. When like we I'm, talked last night, I was concerned. I had the James Earl Jones thing going on. Yeah, you did. And I was like, baby, 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 oh, like baby, 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 no, like baby, 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 oh. You know, you have to persevere. I did my, I did all my research, you know, under the influence of cold medications. But, you know, like Thomas Edison, he did his research in the dark, um, you know, before he invented the light bulb. And then, and then I'm thinking like Louis Pasteur, he did it. He had to do his research in French. Bonjour, you cheese-eating surrender monkeys. Things could be worse for me. Uh, but anyway, enough about me. I wasn't the one world traveling. How was your bye week? It was fantastic. Uh, went uh, with my family to Guatemala. My wife's sister and my brother-in-law live there. And it was uh, we stayed on Lake Atitlan, which was like very, very beautiful uh, volcanic crater that just filled with a bunch of water. There's volcanoes around it. We actually stayed up on a volcano one night about uh, 400 meters from the summit while it was erupting, so you could actually watch it and hear it. What? Oh, yeah, dude. It's uh, pretty cool. My wife's got some great video of it. So, Were you in a tent or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tenting it. Awesome. Yeah, it, awesome. Was, it was excellent. And then, of course, the old city of Antigua, which hasn't been touched really since the Spanish colonized it over 500 years ago. So it's a UNESCO heritage site pretty crazy old cobblestone streets just crazy uh spanish architecture it was uh it was a really good week it was uh, kind of educational but uh, had a lot of fun had a lot of cheap drinks if you want to get your drink on real uh real cheap go to guatemala it's very doable though. oh yeah oh yeah to alcohol the cause of and solution to all of life's problems good hey let me ask you this being down in a, in a Spanish type of community, did you run into any guys that could be possible kickers for your Chicago Bears? <laughs> no, no, none of those. None of those. I'm hoping Pinar no, writes himself. You didn't see some guy in the soccer pitch, you know, hitting 53 yarders up through the uprights? No, I did. I did manage to go see uh, like a men's soccer game that was kind of just in the neighborhood I was in, and just went and watched it. Some a sports junkie, and I actually enjoyed myself, even with my limited Spanish. Mm, excellent, sir. Well, um, I was keeping the home fires ablaze, uh, going nine for three against the spread. Um, now Big these, time. Obviously, we're just, but yeah, Facebook. Uh, but, you know, it took me a while to get off that uh, streak of mediocrity that I've been writing. So that was good. Hopefully, uh, it'll continue into this week. Yeah, let's hope, uh, let's hope that continues. We'll see right after News of the Week. The San Francisco 49ers announced Monday that season ticket holders next year will get unlimited food and beverage items at Levi's Stadium as part of the team's member-inclusive menu initiative. Partnering with Levi Restaurants, the 49ers will be the first NFL team to offer an array of free, unlimited food for diehard fans. Uh, I'll take one terrible beer filled up way too high so I spill most of it, and a too long hot dog on a too short bun. And do you have mustard and relish? Yeah, it's right there between the entrance and the exit to the bathroom. Perfect. And can I get a bag of unsalted peanuts? You know, something I would never eat anywhere else in the world? Sure, here you go. Great. Great. I can't wait to have diarrhea in the stall with no door while 20 guys wait for me to finish. The menu will offer concession mainstays like chicken tenders, hot dogs, nachos, and popcorn free of charge. In an unrelated story, it has been reported that Nate Newton has relocated to the Bay Area. Every day is a holiday and every meal is a banquet, baby. 
Colin Kaepernick is one step closer to rejoining an NFL team. He has been cleared by the league to take part in a workout that all teams are invited to. The workout will take place this Saturday in Atlanta and will be led by former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson. If I'm Cap, I want Hugh Jackson, the real QB killer, to be nowhere near my workout. Jackson is such a prolific loser that Cap is now going to have this chance of going 0-1 without even playing in a game. Let's just be honest, it's failure. I mean, I didn't take a job to fail, but I failed. A 10-week-old abandoned puppy with a secondary tail in the middle of its head has been taken in by Animal Rescue in Missouri. Staff at Max Mission, which is predominantly for animals with special needs, have called the puppy Narwhal. They had been told that there was no medical need to remove the extra tail as it caused them no pain. Actually, I have heard of something similar before, and it was out of Texas. Jerry Jones, I believe, has an extra appendage. This one, however, has red hair on the end, and much like Little Narwhal, causes him no pain and also wins no playoff games. I mean, what's the best thing you can say about Jason Garrett? He loves to clap. I mean, he loves to clap. He'll clap for everything all the time. Missed field goal, clap. Pick six, clap. Missed extra point, clap. He's got the clap. The guy is a clapper. The legendary Bob Norris, better known as the Marlboro Man, has passed away at the age of 90. He never once smoked. His image, his ranch, his horses, and his swagger convinced millions of men to try it. Wait a minute. The Marlboro Man never smoked? That's crazy. Next thing you're going to tell me is that Tiger Woods doesn't drive a Buick and Mickey Mantle doesn't want his maple. Mickey Mantle. I want my maple. Johnny Unitas. I want my maple. Oscar Robertson. I want my maple. Ray Nitschke. I want my maple. Will Chamberlain. I want my maple. Maple, the delectable oatmeal that heroes cry for. All right, it's time to fire it up. Let's get to our weekly picks. First game on the docket, we head to Charm City, where uh, the Baltimore Ravens are hosting the Houston Texans. This is a big-time battle of MVP candidate quarterbacks. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. This is going to be a uh, this is going to be a barn burner. Baltimore, of course, favored by four well, points they, at home. Yeah, they did face off once in college uh, three years ago together, and that was quite the showing. Uh, Lamar Jackson actually posted his second perfect quarterback rating last week against Cincinnati of one hundred and fifty-eight point three for the second time this season. Only ever once been done before, and that was by a guy named Ben Roethlisberger. The Ravens won decisively 49-13. to Baltimore uh, has beaten the Texans in their last five visits to said Charm City. And on the other side of the ball, you got Houston coming off a bye week. A little extra time to prepare for Baltimore. Um, you know, we use this word every week, Maddie, but I don't want to – I would be negligent not to use it here. It's the recency effect. Yeah. You know? Everyone's anyone's going to look good playing against Cincinnati, and I'm not taking any, anything away from Lamar Jackson's performance because he played lights out. I mean, that, that kid's a highlight reel, and I just think that the, that's too many points um, against a f pretty good Houston team and a pretty good Houston quarterback. And Houston plays well on the road. Uh, Baltimore's only covered the number twice as favorites this year. Um, and they played some really crappy teams too. So um, for me, I am leaning, and I'm going to put those four points in my back pocket by taking the Houston Texans. Let me make a case, though, for the Ravens. Um, they are the only team that have two players that each have over 600 rush yards and six rushing touchdowns. That's Jackson and Ingram. And, you know, you might be able to contain Ingram, but I don't know how you can – contain Jackson. I mean, watching this guy play is just, he is unreal. I don't know how he's going to do no, it I, for an entire career because the, that kind of move. coordinator's worst is worst enemy is a, is a scrambling quarterback. 
And, you know, I got to give but Harbaugh credit. Scrambling quarterback, it's Houston, right? Houston does. And Deshaun, they know. you know, yeah, he can. Well, he made a, a throw to the end zone a couple of weeks ago after a guy kicked him in the face and he couldn't see. He still made a touchdown. He thought, catch. He, he, thought he lost his eye on that play. He yep. literally thought his eye had fallen out yep. and he still made it. Yeah, I, that's pretty badass. This is a really, really tough game to pick. Uh, Baltimore is playing so well, but so is Houston, man. I mean, Houston five and four against the spread, six and three straight up, four points. <sighs> I don't like it either. I, I think I think I'm I would like the Texans. a lot better at three. You know? Yeah, I agree. Because then you can you get the push. You could have talked to me into taking Baltimore three, but no. Because these two teams, this is going to be a tight game. So I, I agree with you. I think at, at four points, uh, I'm going with the Houston Texans. On to Carolina, where, uh, well, they're laying four and a half points now. It started at five and a half, but uh, Carolina laying four and a half points now uh, against visiting Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta, they shocked the world last week. That win against uh, New Orleans was uh, pretty unforeseen, but they've played pretty unremarkable football thus far as well. And uh, going against Carolina, Carolina at home. What do you think about this, pal? Well, going back to last week's game with Atlanta playing in the Big Easy, um, guess who had New Orleans in a suicide pool? Oh, yeah. did you really? Yeah, it was. Oh. It was either between, ironically, my choice was between um, New Orleans and Indianapolis, uh, both as uh, double-digit home field uh, favorites, and I and I would have lost both. So I'm not going to complain. These things happen, but you know that was the Super Bowl for the Falcons last week. Yeah, And if you look at the game that Carolina played against the Packers, I mean, they could have easily won that game in Lambeau. You know, that came down to like inches on the goal line with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, replay, like literally inches. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, 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 Carolina here is, is well overmatched Atlanta, which begs the question, why did this line move from five and a half to four and a half? Um, you've got tight end Austin Hooper probably out for the game. Uh, running back Devontae Freeman doesn't look like he's going to be in the game either. And I just, Carolina is doing everything right. And Atlanta, I mean, even even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. And last week was Atlanta's nut. And <laughs> they're not doing that two weeks in a row. Uh, I'm liking Carolina here. And, you know, I'll, I'll lay the four and a half at home. Yeah, I, I think I know why the line moved, and that's really the play of Kyle Allen. I think the guy's kind of fallen back to earth. His first four starts, 4-0, seven touchdowns, no picks, and 106.6 passer rating. His last three starts, one and two, three touchdowns, five interceptions, and a 66 passer rating. And uh, by the way, his five interceptions since week eight are the most in the NFL. So I'm mentioning his name in the same breath as Jameis Winston. And you know how I feel about Jameis Winston. Uh, yeah, Jameis uh, pick six Winston. Yeah. The Falcons, they, they're one of two teams averaging 300-plus pass yards. The, the Chiefs are the other ones. So if the Falcons had any sort of defense, <laughs> they'd actually do half decent, right? Uh, yeah, but they get no interest in playing defense. And they're always playing from behind. So and call them garbage time yards. And, and it's no fault of Matty Ryan. No, and but he will play. He didn't practice, but he did a walkthrough, so he should start this week. Oh, I don't doubt that he'll start, and I don't doubt that he'll play well. Um, you're going to see a lot of points in this game, but yeah, for me, I landed. No, I'm sorry, on the road under a touchdown. Forget about it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I like I said, uh, the the Falcons. They've won five of six, uh, five of the last six versus the Panthers, but. Uh, I think it's a new day in Carolina. I know Kyle Allen has had a couple rough starts, but he's also got Run CMC behind him, who leads the NFL in rushing yards per game and scrimmage yards per game. And against, I think Atlanta's- he's leading the NFL in every single category, including sacks and interceptions. Um, the guy just fills up box scores. Yeah, I he you never even see him on the sideline taking a breath of oxygen. That guy is just a workhorse. So yep. I, I, Carolina at home against a weak Atlanta defense. I, I'm going with the Carolina Panthers. Hello, Detroit. 
to the Motor City. This game's off the board, uh, probably due to the fact that they're not sure yet if Matt Stafford is going to play. I don't think he will, but uh, the Detroit Lions are at home against the visiting Dallas Cowboys. But things aren't looking for good for Dallas either, as they've lost three straight non-divisional road games. And you always talk about the you know, electric shot caller that goes on Jason Garrett when he leaves, uh, he leaves Dallas or leaves the NFC East. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, and I would live and die by it. Um, I mean, there's not much to talk about here without knowing if Stafford's in or not. Some books have it up at, uh, Detroit at plus three, but even if he's in, he's not going to be a hundred percent. Right. No. And I think this would be one of those games where that electric fence would not apply. Um, Dallas has found new and improved ways to crap the bed. Uh, but I don't see them losing this one. Um, you know, you can throw all the historical records you want out about these two teams, but without Matt Stafford in there, they, they mean nothing. Um, one thing I will say is that defensive tackle Kevin Strong is definitely out for the Lions. So, you know, getting a pass rush on, on Dak... Uh, we don't even know if Amari Cooper's playing, and I don't think it matters. I think Zeke's going to own the game here. Um, this is not going to be a tough spot for Dallas. Um, assume it's three, whatever it is. Uh, I'll probably be taking Dallas, but as I say, without knowing uh, too much more about staff, there's not much to talk about. Well, this is just a story of Detroit's poor defense. I don't care if Matt Stafford is playing this game, and Matt Stafford uh, he was a backup on my fantasy team, had to use him in uh, when Mahomes was hurt. You know, the guy can get you a lot of garbage time points, but, you know, when it comes down to it, their defense right now is 30th in the NFL, and Dak Prescott is 5-0 and in his career versus teams uh, with a total defensive rating of 30 or worse in the NFL. Uh, Dallas is averaging 446 total yards per game on offense and Detroit's allowing 416 total yards per game. I, I don't see how Detroit even keeps them in this They uh, They've really fallen off a cliff. No. So I'm, I'm going with the Cowboys as well. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! This is Johnny United for the Baltimore Colts. Let's go. You Colts. The Lucas Oil Field for the Indianapolis Colts are taking on the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars. Colts laying two and a half points at home, and uh, they got to be very, very happy that Jacoby Brissett is back. Um, they should be, but on the other side of the ball, so is Nick Foles. Yeah, now, whatever you think of the guy, he still did. He still is a Super Bowl MVP on a championship winning team. Um, so he's back in. And tags out his quasi-erotica bookmark in Gardner Minshew II. So um, that little fantasy's gone on the sidelines. But there's a couple more interesting stories here. One of them is really the fact that uh, now that Nick Foles is in, he's playing his old offensive coordinator in Frank Reich. And those two know each other pretty well. They know each other's tendencies. They know each other's schemes. They know each other's strengths and weaknesses. That'll be the tail of the tape when it comes down to it. I'm not sure to whom I'm going to give the edge. But let's look at the injury report for Indy's wide receivers. Devin Funches, Paris Campbell are both ruled out, and wide receiver T.Y. Hilton is also doubtful. Now, we're pretty sure that Jacoby Brissett's going to be in, by, by all accounts. But, you know, regardless of who's under center for Indianapolis, who are they going to throw to? And then you, you, and then you throw uh, Nick Foles back in for Jacksonville, who's had more than enough time to rest and recover. Well, he needs this game. Uh, he needs this game, right? They need this, absolutely. Right? Like he's yeah. he's following Gardner Minshew, who did a pretty good job in his steed. And if he comes out yeah. throwing lame ducks, you know the Nick Foles era could be very short. In well, I think they only signed him to a one-year contract, right? They signed him to a one-year, like twenty-two million dollars. Forgive me if I'm off a little bit with the numbers, but it was a one-year contract. Gardner Minshew's there for a while, and they're paying him a small fraction of that. So moving forward, yeah, Nick Foles has to really prove his worth. Yeah, he's playing for his job. And uh, mm -hmm. 
what he needs to do is just score more because Gardner Minshew is moving the ball. Jacksonville is the only team in the NFL that averaged 350 total yards per game, but also averaged less than 20 points per game. So they're not converting all those wow. yards into touchdowns. So Minshew is a rookie. I think he did a great job. But if Nick Foles can step in and keep with that amount of yardage going for total offense, but punch the ball in a couple times, he's still. it's about what have you done for me lately. And Nick Foles is going to want to come out there and show that he's worth all that money. I, I got Jacksonville on the road here. It, it, it's under a yeah, touchdown. I, I do too. Or pardon me, it's under really a field care. goal. Yeah, under under a field goal here. I don't care who's under center for Indianapolis, whether it's Jacoby Brissett or Andrew Luck or Johnny Unitas. Um, I'm still going with Jacksonville here. Is it Andrew Luck, uh, Stephen Hawking like guy? Now he's in a wheelchair and jogging like this. I wanted to see your utopia, but now I see it as more of a fruit topia. <laughs> Down to South Beach, where the Miami Dolphins play host to their division rival, Buffalo Bills. Miami, six-point underdogs at home, and uh, the over-under is only sitting at 40 for this game, which is kind of weird to me because uh, the last game they played 31-22 to for the Bills, and that's a total of 52 total points. So I, I guess they're not seeing a lot of scoring in this game, but if the over-under is at 40, you might want to consider doing the over here. And the Bills, they're four and one versus Miami since 2017. Uh, what do you, what do you think of Miami covering this six points? Well, you mean the red hot Miami Dolphins? Yeah, they're they're the winningest team right now in the AFC East, and they've they've covered not one, but they've covered their last five games, uh, which isn't really surprised because they were heavily underdogs and in, in most of them. And, I don't know. I think Buffalo was a little bit exposed in the last couple of games against, you know, Cleveland, although their defense, my God, you know, when you get, Cleveland has 10, 10 shots at a touchdown inside the five yard line and collectively they get three points out of that, you know, hats off to Buffalo's defense. What I'm saying is that this game's going to be close. It's going to be tight. And it, I do believe it will be low scoring. And I, you know, the guy, you got the guy from Harvard there, huh? Playing on the center in Miami. My boy's wicked smart. Yeah. I, six and a half. I, I don't know. Like Josh Rosen just, or sorry, not Josh Rosen, Josh Allen. Uh, although we might see Josh Rosen. Um, Josh <laughs> Allen just, the guy's just a, you, you don't know what he's going to do when he drops back. Like when he does a seven step drop, my God, that guy, that ball could go anywhere, right? Well, the Bills, like, Allen's got losses. Uh, the last four games, he's 2-2, two and two, 52% completion, 199 pass yards a game. That's not very stellar, but five TD, zero interceptions, and a 90.1 pass rating. Um, but his losses were to Cleveland and Philly. His wins were against Washington and Miami. He hasn't really won against anybody that good. And, and if you remember uh, that Miami game, Miami was winning going into the fourth quarter. I think yep. the score was 14-9 to nine or something like that. It's yeah, and Miami beat Indy and the uh, Jets. But Miami was keeping them tight. Yeah. What's yeah. that? Yeah, well, Miami beat Indy and the Jets recently, like the oh, last Indy two Oh, Indy and the Jets. <laughs> Jets. Jets. <laughs> but uh, the Bills also, like, they don't score a lot of points. They've got four wins when scoring less than 25 points. It's tied for most in the NFL. They average 19.3 points per game. That's uh, that's actually the fewest points per game for teams above 500. And I just feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's actually like Miami starting to play with a little bit of confidence and they played well against a good indie defense, uh, mm-hmm. obviously yeah. beating the Jets in their own division. And I think that Buffalo coming into Miami, if you're going to give Miami six points at home, you and I are wise guys, pal. I love my home dogs, especially over a field goal. So, yeah, I'm taking the Miami Dolphins. And, in fact, I really like a teaser in this spot. Uh, Miami, take them from plus 6 to plus 12 and tease the over down to 34. I think that might be – well, you you would probably tease the uh, under up to 46, wouldn't you? Because you think it's going to be low scoring. 
I do. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, but I, I am with you. I am riding the Miami wave, and I will be taking the Dolphins in this game. Skull Vikings, let's win this game. Skull Vikings, honor your name. Go get that first down, then get a touchdown. Rock up, suck up. Well, the Minnesota Vikings coming off a signature win in prime time in Dallas at at that. Uh, They're going to play host to the Denver Broncos. And uh, the Minnesota Vikings are 10.5 point favorites. Uh, That's a pretty big number against what the Broncos are. They're not a winning team, but they have a top 10 defense. They do, but can we just go back? To the primetime year that you mentioned, and just enjoy that win. Oh, you know, they I, spanked Dallas. I Can watched that in a bar in Guatemala, them? and a lot of them don't like the Cowboys, so they were celebrating hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, uh, of the three picks that I did get wrong uh, last week, uh, Dallas was one of them. But I was happy to get that one wrong. Uh, it was. I was pleased to see Minnesota going there with a big spank. And you know what? What did they do? They rushed the ball. And they played good defense. And like, I just love that. I love that combo, man. And it travels well, right? Yep. Uh, solid running game. Running games and, are always you know, great. In a, in a visiting environment, the running game is always great. But guess what? Who else has a solid running game and a decent defense? Well, it's the Broncos. The Broncos. And, you know, there, there are six in the league of points allowed and fourth in the league in yards allowed and you got philip Lindsay rushing for just under five uh yards per rush at 4.9 10 and a half i don't know it's tempting because you know mike Zimmer's just gonna pound the ball with dalvin cook right yep well that's just it this is dalvin cook versus broncos top 10 defense that's what this game is yeah and i don't like laying big numbers maddie Neither do I. And I don't think, and, and you know, it, you always talk about a team off a big win like that one in Dallas. Um, they're going to come back down to earth. Minnesota, obviously, is the superior team here. But uh, call me crazy, but I sort of like Denver in this spot. Yeah, it's it's so tough to go for the Broncos, though. They're one of two teams score than fewer than uh, scoring fewer than 25 points in each game this year. Uh, that's in the company with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Ooh, who haven't, who haven't won a game, right? With. Like that's yeah, that's not company to keep. Uh, You're hanging the, out with the wrong crowd again. <laughs> the Broncos are zero and four versus teams that are above five hundred year this year as well. I hate big numbers. My problem. I wish Adam Thielen was guaranteed to be in this game. He didn't practice again. So he's questionable with that hammy. I don't know if they're going to play him, but the way Rudolph played, uh, they've got Stefan Diggs. And how about Kirk Cousins over the last six games? 71 no, he and actually a half. looks like a legitimate quarterback. Dude, seven and a half, uh, 71 and a half completion percentage, 283.7 pass yards per game, 15 touchdowns, one interception, and a 124.4 passer rating. That is. He's had a pass rating above 110 over five of the last six games. I and just what do we know about those sort of statistics, Maddie? They yeah, always revert to, to the mean. mean. I agree. Right? This, this, this. I hate the hook on this too, Minnesota. No, I love te- the hook on this. Do you? Oh, oh, you're well, going Minnesota then? Uh, well, no. What I, what I'm saying is, if there was the hook was off of this, I would I would be really tempted to go for the Vikings. But 10 mm. points with an over-under of 40. Oh, Christ. Well, how much separation are they going to get? I, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I agree with you, man. We're doing a lot of agreeing this episode. This is uh, no, different than all most. All we've done is agree so far. Yeah, well, I don't you know, know what's in the water that you were drinking down there in Guatemala, but it's made you a lot more amiable than you used to be. <laughs> I'm not a crotchety guy going, get off my lawn, because I'm a little too relaxed. <laughs> but geez, get, get off my volcano. <laughs> Well, I am a sucker for defense, man. I I think as long as the hook stays on there, you go Denver. But if by game time the hook's off of there, you should definitely look at Minnesota. But because we talk about the Westgate lines or, that come or out. Or you can just not bet on it, right? You yeah. Can just this, not bet on well, this is a game that I would not bet my own personal money <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not 
But ten and a half, I'm gonna. So I'm your gonna, official pick is who? Is the Denver Broncos. Oh, the Denver Broncos. I think owning the Denver Broncos is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, explain to me why it isn't. <sighs> you just don't understand football, Marge. got another game going on in florida and that's uh tampa bay they're facing the new orleans saints tampa bay five and a half point underdogs and a couple interesting uh stats here breeze he's only four and three head to head versus Jameis winston in his career mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's actually a mind-blowing yeah. stat to me but you also got to wonder uh, which, which winston yeah. shows up right he's top five in passing yards per game but he's got the most giveaways this year in the NFL. Uh, they they have given up the ball 10 times in the last three games. Okay? So yeah. I'm going to say if they play a clean game, and when I say clean, I'll define that by maybe uh, no more than one turnover. I think Tampa Bay has a really good shot here. You can throw pretty much anything at Michael Evans, and he's going to catch it. Right? And it's usually going to go in the end zone after he catches it. And I'm not sure if New Orleans got exposed last week against Atlanta or if it just wasn't their week. Uh, but it was ironic that it was uh, Drew Brees' first week back. You got to give that guy a little leeway. Um, I knew it was going to take a little bit of time to him for him to write the ship. Uh, you got Marshawn Lattimore is doubtful though, for, uh, for New Orleans. And so when you talk about that Mike Evans uh, matchup, he would he would have been the guy to cover him. And can't believe I'm doing this, dude, but um, I'm going to envision Tampa Bay not turning the ball over too much, and I think they can cover five and a half and all. So you're going for the Bucks, and I I agree that's tempting uh, because mm. you don't know which Jameis Winston is going to show up. But how about we take the Winston factor out of this game, and I want to talk about the Bucks D. They're allowing 31 points per game this year. That's the most in the NFL. And Drew Brees is 6-0 in his last six games following a game where he threw no touchdown passes. New Orleans is going to come out absolutely firing. And three of the four last losses that the Bucs have had have been greater than five and a half points. So... I think New Orleans goes into Tampa Bay, and I think they uh, they slap them. They beat them last time, thirty-one twenty-four, and that was with Teddy Bridgewater. Just think what Drew Brees is going to do to that poor Bucks defense. Well, that was my initial thought, but um, I'm going contrarian for the sake of being contrarian on this one. Let's put it that way. So you're taking the Saints. I am First taking one we the disagreed Saints. upon. Yep, they go marching. All that right, mean, that means you're going to lose. Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Sure, we'd be happy to take your money. Yep, just go to our Kickstarter page. Okay, nice idiot. Uh Uh-huh, fuck you. Bye-bye. Well, the professional team from Washington is at home versus the New York Jets this weekend, and Washington, one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I don't know how you become one-and-a-half-point favorites, even if you're at home when you haven't scored a touchdown in the last three games. That's the first time in the NFL that's happened since 1940. Wow. United, the United States had well not even done, entered. Maddie. Yeah, yeah. The Good. U.S. hadn't even Diving entered World War II. <laughs> that's some hardcore Dude, journalism. That's some hard. You know. You know what? I, the only thing I was going to say about it is how the fuck is Washington one and a half point favorites against anyone? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's true. I really don't know how either. I mean, the Jets are two and zero when Sam Darnold has a ninety plus passer rating, and how can you not have a ninety plus passer rating against that Washington defense? Well, do you think the ghost of Abraham Lincoln might show up to the game, or George Washington, or same ghost, James Harden? I don't no. know. You, you could, you I think they. I don't think they don't spook Sam Darnold anymore. Plus, Adrian Peterson is questionable as well. I just I can't see the Washington uh, professional football team 
doing anything. Okay, so they get, that, they get a guy on old age security that's uh, pro- not probable for the game. Uh, what do you got left? <laughs> uh, Maddie, I'm going to read a quote to you that was from San Bernardino. We need every win from now on because we've still got a chance. I mean, if we get on a roll here and we went out, we got a chance at the playoffs. And that's what uh, Sam Bernard told reporters after the win. Guys in the locker room know this. They know that. And we're really excited to continue to get back to work. That's what it's all about. And you do the hokey pokey. And yeah, um, that's wow. That's that's really naive. Um, but <laughs> you like to you like to see that spunk, huh? Yeah, a second year guy. Yeah, they'd have they'd have uh, to win out, right? Because they played nine games already. Well, win out nine sixteen. And, no, win out means they're nine and seven, and in the AFC, that'll probably get you into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, now, Washington has announced that uh, starting quarterback Dwayne Haskins will be their quarterback for the remainder of the season. Yes, from the Ohio State. Uh, that guy is lost. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what the hell he's doing, man. Good thing they um, uh, spent a first-round pick on a guy who's not ready to play right away in the NFL. Like That guy was being mentioned well, in the same breath as Kyler Murray. And look at Kyler. Like, hey, if Kyler Murray had a defense, he'd have a winning team. If Dwayne Haskins had a coach or an organization, yeah, you know what? I shouldn't throw shade. He probably yeah. do all right too. I'm not, yeah. I'm not. I'm not throwing him up under the bus, but um, right now, he's not a good quarterback. And I think uh, I, I like the inspiration of what Mr. Darnold has to say. But I, I am on the Jets in this one, and uh, you know, against Washington as one and a half point favorites. Yeah, I'm taking the Jets with the points. Please, please, please. Yeah, most definitely. Another opportunity for a good tease here as well to go to uh, the Jets. It would take them to minus seven and a half. So you go through those key numbers of uh, three and seven. And then obviously you tease the uh, the under to uh, 30 or to 44 because there's not going to be a whole lot of scoring in this game. But I agree with you. I think uh, on the road. Well, there's no reason Washington should ever be favored in a game at this point in the season. So anywhere, no, anywhere, anywhere. no. So yeah, I agree with you, man. The New York Jets take this one. All right, Andy, down to San Francisco. This is your account where your Niners coming off a tough loss, but I'll tell you this, it was one of the best NFL games I've watched in a while. That was fantastic. Unfortunately, they came out of the uh, the losing end against Seattle, but uh, no Robbie Gold, no winning field goal. I guess that's the way it goes. He's questionable again this week. Uh, They're playing Arizona. Arizona's coming to town and uh, minus 10.5 points. San Francisco's got to lay to the Cardinals. That's a lot of points for the Niners to lay, I think. Well, let's go back to Monday night. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Um, I had actually bet against my 49ers against the spread at minus six because I did think it was going to come down to a field goal at the end of the game, which it did. Yep. And the second I saw Robbie Gold on the sidelines inactive, I'm like, Okay, guess that's the way this one's going, because I knew that Seattle was going to put up a fight, and they did. It was you could argue that you know with five turnovers, it was a rather sloppy game. But um, I suppose if you'd had no interest in either side, it would be really entertaining. Extremely, um, I think. I think my dog learned a few new words um, <laughs> watching it with me. But no, that being said, no, um, Russell Wilson, you know, did his magic once again, and. Uh, corks are popping in Miami. No more undefeated teams. But as we go into this week, let's look at the 49ers who just got banged up against the Seahawks on Monday. So now new people on their injury report, Ronald Blair, Winston Richburg, Kill Witherspoon, Marquise Goodwin, DJ Jones, and not to mention guys already on there, Joe Staley, George Kittle, Matt Breida, and Kicker Robbie Gold. In all told, there's 23 people on their injury report. That's the tail of the ticker for that one. Uh, I think you know where I'm going with this, Maddie. I can see it coming. In a divisional game like this, and you know, let's remember, they only played each other three weeks ago in a relatively tight game. Um, 
there's no way I can lay that many points, even at home, even off a big loss. Um, it is a short week for San Francisco. Let's m- be mindful of that. Um, I've been betting against San Francisco all year long on the spread, despite the fact that they're eight and one. Well, they're only five on and the four side. against the I spread. Think eight of the. Is it only five and four? Yes, yeah, San Fran's only five yeah. and four against the spread this year. Arizona well, seven and three. Well, I'm taking Zona again. It's, you know, I started to break down the numbers and I did the quarterback comparison just because I think Jimmy G is a great quarterback, but I've been watching Kyler Murray uh, weave a little magic and they're they're actually pretty similar in numbers. Murray is 63.9% completion percentage. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is 67.6. They're both throwing in around 250 pass yards per game. Uh, Murray's got 12 touchdowns, Garoppolo 14, but Murray's only throwing five picks to Garoppolo's six. Um, I think the big difference between these quarterbacks is that Jimmy G's got a defense and a running game and really good defense and a really good running game because Kyler Murray, as far as I'm concerned, if he had the running game that Jimmy G had and he had the defense, his team would, would be a competitor in that division. If he had the running game that Jimmy G had, what if he just had the game that Jimmy G had? How many dates with Aaron Anders uh, does Kyler Murray have set up? Eight, no. How does that feel? Feels great, baby. It's tough also. The Niners have allowed only 143.8 pass yards per game this season. That's the fewest in the NFL. But it's weird because in week nine, Kyler Murray posted his highest career passer rating at 130.7. And that was against San Fran, although they lost 28-25. But that's a three-point differential. I know they're in San Francisco, but this ten and a half points. I think it's ten now. I think it's ten. Let me it's, just double check that. Yeah, I'm, I'm showing ten with some juice on the uh, favorite. So call it ten. Call it ten and a half. I've, I've honestly, Maddie, I've heard a lot of wise guys are taking the 49ers. Yeah, um, you know what? Arizona's- the numbers just come out that way, but I, I, I just can't. I just can't. They lost 28-25, but that was at home against San Francisco. Now they're in San Francisco. They're allowing 100. Yeah, but the line was similar. I don't know. Yeah, they, they're right. allowing yeah, 126 you, you rushing yards per game this season against a team that rushes a lot. Uh, I think their defense plays even better at home. You know what? Especially if this is down to 10 and under, uh, with some juice, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour a little of that juice. Let's go Niners. Got the juice now, man. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along. Swaggering boisterously. We've got another game going down in Cali, although it's in Northern California as the Oakland Raiders are uh, taking on the visiting Cincinnati Bengals and the Raiders, 10 and a half point favorites. I've been riding high on the Raiders this year. Even uh, last week in Guatemala, when we didn't do a show, I picked the Raiders and they came through right at the end of the game. They're finding a way to win games. Is 10 and a half points, though, too much for that Raiders team? Not if you look at the Cincinnati Bengals. No. Not at all, man. Those guys, when I talk about sucking, there are not enough adjectives to back up the amount of sucking that the Bengals have been doing. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. And I guess I'm a little bit more pissed off than the average fan because I've been back in the last few weeks. You see these double-digit spreads, and it's like, oh, you're at home. Yeah, you do a divisional game against Baltimore. Holy crap. They, they, Baltimore covered the spread in the first quarter. They, they're horrible. And, you know, they benched Ryan, or, um, Andy Dalton on his 32nd birthday in favor of Ryan Finley. He did nothing. He threw for 167 yards uh, against the Ravens last week. Uh, one touchdown, one interception. These guys are horrible. And they've got no initiative to play. A.J. Green, Christ, he's not injured. Yeah. He can come back for any other team. Uh, but no, why would you come back for these guys? And Oakland on the other side of the coin, um, low expectations coming into the season. And as much as we crapped on John Gruden last year, um, he's put a, put a pretty good team together without that much talent. 
And I don't mean to demean the Raiders, but they really don't. Um, they're doing a lot with a little. And he's just got them fired up in the right way. And I, I'm not scared of the spread. I'm not scared of the spread at all. Normally, you know, we talked about the game before, 10 points, 10 and a half here against the Bungles. Forget about it. No, I'm going, I'm going with Oakland here. Yeah, I think the key is Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, and I'm sad like that. We had like he he came over like the Khalil Mack trade doesn't look quite as bad for Oakland now because Khalil Mack came to the Bears, yeah. but I mean they got Josh Jacobs and he's tearing it up this year. I, I love what the kid's doing. And Cincinnati allowing 173 rush yards per game this year. Josh Jacobs is going to run the ball all over that sorry-ass Bengals defense. Now, one thing that's kind of a caveat for me is the Raiders' five wins this year have all been within a 10-point differential. Uh, But their wins have been against Denver, Indy, Chicago, Detroit, and the Chargers. So four of those five defenses are pretty damn good. So, yeah, they haven't played the Bungles yet. No, so I, I agree with you, man. I, I the ten and a half points doesn't scare me here. Uh, not with Oakland being at home and how well they're playing. I think the Raiders easily take this spread. Yeah, I'm get I'm getting off the Cincinnati bandwagon. Uh, fool me once, forget about it. What's forget about it? What is it? Forget about it. It's like uh, if you agree with someone, you know. Like Raquel Welch is one great piece of ass. Forget about it. But then, if you disagree, like a Lincoln is better than a Cadillac, forget about it. You know? But then, it's also like if something is the greatest thing in the world, like Mingiro's peppers, forget about it, you know? Now we head to Philly, where the Eagles are three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home, and that's probably because the New England Patriots are coming to town, and Belichick and Brady have not forgotten about their Super Bowl loss to Philly a couple years ago. Uh, Philly, three-and-a-half-point dogs at home. Andy, what do you think about this spread? I, I, I'm close to liking it. I'm liking it. I'm not loving it. And I'll give you uh, reasons on both sides. Um so it is the Super Bowl rematch. New England is coming off a loss, and they're coming off a bye. And every stats guy and their uncle is going to throw you, oh, this is what Belichick's record is again. Throw that crap out the window. Throw it out the window. Doesn't mean crap. Now, it's New England coming to town, not Santa Claus, because they throw snowballs at Santa Claus. But you can imagine this Philadelphia crowd is going to be fired up. And I just, uh, your boy, Jordan Howard, right? Yep. I, I think as good as New England's defense is, uh, it's going to come down to the trenches. And I think that he's going to make the difference in this game. Because right now, New England doesn't really have a healthy back uh, to move the ball quite as effectively as, as Mr. Howard. Um, not sure what they're doing on the outside. Philadelphia, let's be honest, they have a pretty piss poor defense uh but new england's offense is not that good no brady no it's new england brady's yeah, actually come down to earth over the last uh what yeah. is it six games seven touchdowns yeah. five interceptions that's, and that's not him that's just the surrounding cast yeah but uh, i mean hey you are who y- your team is as well there's only yeah. so much coaching him up belichick can do and there's only so much Brady can do to make a receiver look good. If you're not catching the ball or you're not making plays, uh, their offensive line isn't blocking as well as last year. So Sony Michelle just doesn't have uh, as much. No. You know, he's he's not making he's, any bat any. No, he doesn't get the separation like he did last year. No, I, I mean the Eagles have a great rush defense as well. They have it. They still are on a streak here. Uh, uh, over the last 37 games, they haven't allowed a 100-yard rush. 100-yard rush. Are they still on that? No, they're they still, still on that? that. And they're 2-0 oh, since, since 2015 versus well, New England. I can't so, imagine that New England is going to uh, resurrect one rusher from their line, from their uh, sidelines to do that. Uh, no. Now, keep in mind, the Eagles' wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson, still out. And uh, tackle Jason Peters is questionable, but I don't think he's going to play either. That's That's big. 
It is big. big. But I still, I like Philly here. It's the home dog. You know what? I do too. But I'll tell you what, Matt. Um, If you looked, the game within the game, and you want to see the biggest proposition bet of the day? What's that? All right. Will, will there be a Philadelphia Eagles fan caught on camera eating horse feces? Right now, the yes is set at minus 180, and I'm all over that. <laughs> Just throwing your money out the window, eh? Uh, no, no, I know. I th- that's money in the bank, baby. Have you seen these guys? They're, they're, these guys are lunatics. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> Well, our Sunday night football game features my Chicago Bears uh, going to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Rams at home. Uh, You know, the Rams are six and a half point favorites. I don't think they're that great a team, really. I think Jared Goff is massively overrated. And in fact, I think Trubisky and Goff are the same quarterback. So uh, I don't know, man. I, I, Todd Gurley, well, though, he's not who he was either. He hasn't had a 100-yard rush game in over eight games. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. You know, last year at this time, these two teams were the toast of the town. You know, going into the playoffs, these were the two teams in the AFC that had great defenses. They had great running games powerhouses and now what are they i don't know what happened i can't i can't explain for either team what had happened really uh it doesn't make a lot of sense other than regressing back to the mean um but i think chicago has fallen further than the rams have and i know it hurts for me to say that for you maddie but um you've seen trubisky play and it's it's hard to watch it's painful it really is I, and i'm being i'm being serious it's hard to watch uh, Thank you. Sure, I appreciate that. Needs, well, no, I feel for you. Um, you know, over the course, you know, of, of my 44 years, there's been one or two seasons where the 49ers haven't had the perfect quarterback. Uh, so I know what it's like. But the Rams, <laughs> geez, yeah, with, you know something's wrong with Gurley. You know something's wrong with Gurley. Yeah. Um, and right now they've got uh, Brandon Cooks. He's out on concussion. Uh, their center's actually uh, Brian Allen. On uh, an MCL, but the Bears, uh, conversely, Danny Trevathan, doubtful. Oh, that um, injury Isaiah. last week was awful. Yeah, yeah. Watching and his elbow come apart like that, and the Bears no, listed no, 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 him no, no. as. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. That's gross. But the Bears um, listed that, him as questionable to return. Like, what do you mean questionable? No, it's it's doubtful. It's doubtful. It's I, doubtful I now. I mean, I mean in game. They were like, because oh, well, I guess they're just. Well, <laughs> yeah, I shoot him up with. Some, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to shoot him up with, uh, but in a roundabout way, what I'm saying is, I think even that uh, six and a half, the Rams are probably the team to pick here. Um, Mitch Trubisky, I, I've in the last, I guess, the last three games. If you look at his production in the first half alone. I mean, I can almost count on my fingers the, the amount of um, completions he's had in those three games in the first half. Uh, um, it's, Rams are, it's so hard to watch. Like, dude, it, it kills it me is. every week. Every week, because our defense comes to play, but you can only do so much on yeah. if the offense well, can't when, move the ball. You say all the time, when you're on the field for 40 minutes a game, what do you expect? Yep. Right? Like, you know, three and out, three and out, three and out doesn't help. And Matt Nagy's not helping that. And Trubisky's not helping that. And then you look at the Rams, you know, um, Jared Goff is not a bad quarterback. He'll, he'll break the chip pretty quickly, and they have a lot of weapons around him to do so. Um, I really see this as Rams' statement game, I guess. It's like, yeah, we were in the Super Bowl last year. We're not doing so well this year, but we don't suck that much. Um, and this is Chicago coming back down to earth. So, unfortunately, Maddie, I've got to put the nail in the coffin here. I'm taking the Rams.
right, on to Mexico City for the Monday night football game featuring the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, the Chargers are three and a half point underdogs. The Chiefs have won nine of their last 10 versus the Chargers, but uh, you know, f- their defense can't keep anybody out of the end zone. The Chiefs defense is just awful. Sorry, which which team are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs, right? We Hang are on. talking about where's the this, Chiefs. Where's this venue, Maddie? Where's this venue in Mexico? Estadio Azteca. Very well done, Maddie. It, it sounds like you spent some time in the area. <laughs> no, I'm just using my Guatemala. Now, what else do you, what else do you know about that area? Do you know its uh, elevation? Yes, it's 7,200 feet above sea level. That's uh, that's actually higher than Mile High in Denver, which is only 5,200. Yeah, and it's got a seating capacity of 48,000. That's a big stadium. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be packed. There. It's going to be packed. With whom? Uh, Chargers fans or Chiefs fans? I think or it's who cares be, fans? I think it's going to be Chiefs fans. Yeah? Do you think that'll matter? No. <laughs> I don't either. No, I, I don't either. I mean, the Chargers really don't have a home field advantage in L.A. either. So <laughs> whether this is a road game or not, it's kind of irrelevant. Um, Kansas City, I guess, what, they're now on a three-game losing good. Yeah. Uh, Is that right? Four? No, I don't three, think they're on a three-game three losing streak. One second here. No, they're not exactly on a losing skid, but they are one and two in their last three. They lost to Tennessee their last game there, 35-32. Uh, they mm. beat Minnesota, though, the week before and uh, lost to Green Bay, 31-24. But, I mean, three and a half points for the Chargers to cover when Kansas City's always within... Uh, I just like they beat Denver 30 to six, right? Yeah, I just I can't mean, see. I can't see the Chargers. Like, this isn't enough for me to want to want to bet the Chargers. I, I think Monday Night Football, Mahomes comes out what he does, what he does. And I think Kansas City's going to have a much easier job than, you know, trying to cover a guy like uh, Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think this game comes down to two things. First off, who needs to win the most, right? And the Chargers are two games back from Kansas City. So if they if they beat them, they're right in the mix there, right? Oakland's keeping them competitive. They really don't have to worry about the Broncos. And then the other thing that you need to consider is the coaching matchup. Andy Reid versus Anthony Lynn. And clearly, Andy Reid has the edge on that one. So when you're talking about an international game with lots of travel, uh, different surroundings, I think coaching means more so than anything else. And I, I'm not sure what this line would look like at a neutral field uh, within the confines of the United States. But you throw it up on a, on a mountain in, in, uh, in Mexico, and I'm – I can't picture what Andy Reid's going to look like up there at that altitude, but <laughs> I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. Please hang up and try again. All right, we used to do a segment called Andy's Total Prop Tease, but we're going to have to cut that out, unfortunately, because there's no really good prop bets available when we record this show. We usually record this show on a Thursday. So the good prop bets don't come out till usually late Friday or early Saturday. However, we're going to put in a new segment in its place. And by the way, if you want Andy's total prop tease, he will put that up as a separate Facebook post for you. And that'll probably be there on the Saturday sometime. Uh, but our new segment now is Maddie and Andy's total tease. And uh, we're going to make a, we're going to pick a total and a, and a, and an over under or a couple totals, something that you can tease. So Andy, Take off your prognosticator hat, put on your Swami hat. What are your week 11 thoughts? The first game we're going to look at are the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers, which has a rather large total of 49. However, four of the Panthers' last five games have gone over. 
And really, they've got no interest in playing defense. And the same can be said about the Falcons. Uh, don't be surprised if there's quite a few points put up here. Maybe a 60-burger, but I'm definitely taking the over 49 here. Skipping the problem, going right on to the T's. We are going to take your New York J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 from plus 2 to plus 8. Very low total of 38. Not going to be a lot of separation with uh, Washington. And exactly the same formula and reasoning in the next one, which is Jacksonville against Indianapolis. We're going to take Jacksonville uh, from plus 2.5 to plus 8.5. Again, fairly low total at 43.5. So just to recap, Atlanta, Carolina over 49. Uh, and we're teasing the Jets and the Jags. Well, my over is uh, we're going to New Orleans at Tampa Bay, and uh, there's going to be a bunch of scoring in this game. Uh, their last meeting, uh, Tampa Bay lost 31-24, to so that score would have gone over. And uh, Drew Brees comes back really hard when he loses a game where he doesn't throw a touchdown. In fact, he's 6-0 and coming back from games like that. Uh, you know even if... Jameis Winston throws some picks. He's going to put some points on the board, and those picks are going to turn into points for other teams. So I'm expecting that 49.5-point total for New Orleans at Tampa Bay to go over. And then my teaser, uh, I want to go to my Chicago Bears because I actually had a tough time picking against them with the Rams at minus 6.5. But just under a touchdown, I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll give the nod to the Rams. However, if you tease Chicago down to from plus 6.5, to plus 12 and a half. I think that's very doable for Chicago. It goes through the key numbers of seven and 10. And those are two really good defenses with a low over under total at 40 and a half. And for my under, I want to stay in that game because I want to take the under at 40 and a half and move it to 46 and a half. So once again, my over or my pick for the uh, total anyway, is uh, New Orleans-Tampa Bay. I expect it to go over 49.5 in and my teaser. Uh, take Chicago from plus 6.5 to plus 12.5 and, and take the under from plus 40.5 to plus 46.5. All right, thank you for listening to week 11 of Almost Wise, guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content, picks from week 11 games all across the NFL, and also Andy's total prop tees. So from the Costa Nostra studios for Andy, the prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Good night, everyone. I love you guys. South of the border, down Mexico way. That's where I fell in love when the stars above came out to play. And now as I wander, my thoughts ever stray south of the border down mexico way she was a picture in old spanish lace just for a tender while i kissed the smile upon her face cause it was fiesta we were so gay South of the border Mexico way Then she sighed as she whispered manana Never dreaming that we were parting And I lied as I whispered manana Cause our tomorrow never came South of the border I jumped back one day There in a veil of white by the candlelight She knelt to pray The mission bells told me That I mustn't stay South of the border Mexico way
Commission bells told me, ding dong, that I must not stay. Stay south of the border, down Mexico way. 